Hello everyone and welcome to the Artful Athlete podcast episode 38. And today we're not exploring a specific emotion, we're looking at specific body parts. Because why not? After all the language we use already connects body and emotions together. Whether it's carrying the world on your shoulders, sticking your neck out, keeping your chin up, get something off your chest or asking for that person to get off your back, we're already having specific parts of the body being used to represent a response or an emotion. I mean, these are only a few of the idioms the English language has to offer. If you know any more, or if you have any that come to your mind in any language possible, please send them my way. That's one of my little pleasures, discovering and exploring idioms and their meanings in various languages. To give you an example that's completely off topic, but during lockdown one, I spent an entire evening looking up Greek idioms um, and attempted to pronounce them or guess their meaning to my Greek friend. Honestly, it was one of the best nights I had during that lockdown and I cannot recommend this enough. The images you have from one language to the next say so much about a language and its culture and then you can try and see if there's an equivalent in your own or if there's something a little bit more outrageous or that doesn't make sense to you because it's just a completely different system. I'm a linguist so I find these things wonderful and interesting. And even if you're not obsessed like me with the language tree, I really recommend it. That night, for example, my friend and I learned from a very old idiom that in Greece, if you go give bread to your neighbour after sundown, it means you're trying to curse them. Moral of the story, pick the right time to deliver bread to thy neighbour. But back to today's theme. Once you'll have gone forth and explored or thought of a few more idioms involving body parts, try and identify if they're connected to a positive emotion or a negative one. For example, to get something off your chest. Not necessarily an easy thing to do and we might be quick to say it's a negative thing, but it has a releasing outcome. Therefore, I'd say it's a positive result and therefore connects to a positive emotion in the end. To carry the world on your shoulders, imagine a huge boulder weighing down on your upper back. It's heavy, it's pressing down on your neck, your shoulder, your spine. And as a result, you're bending forward. You're just being crushed underneath that weight. It's paralyzing. It's stopping you in your track stopping you from being open and even from communicating and expressing because it's crushing your neck. Therefore, it has a negative connotation. See what I mean? Words and expressions carry also a value, a positive or a negative one. It's just a little exercise, just a little something for you to go and explore and see if, I don't know, perhaps these affect the way you see these body parts. Now, speaking of body parts, let's get cracking. Today, we're going to look at the shoulders, the back, and the hips. Why? Well, what connects your shoulders to your hips? Your spine. That spine is the pillar of your back. And what travels along that spine through layers of muscles that start in the nose and the mouth all the way down to the perineum, which is on the other end of said spine? Yes, you guessed it. It's the breath. So, see? There is logic to my madness. 
Shoulders first! When someone is stressed out, one of the first places you can notice that stress, face aside, is the shoulders. The shoulders area is a very complex one because you've got the back muscle and the scapular chain overlapping with some chest and other muscles of the anterior chain. You've got your arms attached to the trunk through the shoulder socket. You've got your neck and throat sitting on top of your spine in between your left and your right shoulders. It's a very complex area, as you can see. In holistic medicines, the shoulders are considered an anchor for your arms and therefore represent your capacity to take action, to change direction. An arm motion has its roots in the shoulder. They're a physical embodiment of our ability to carry heavy loads, to lift our arms to the sky in joy, or to let the burden pull us forward and down. And thus, in many ways, our shoulders represent our capacity to carry our life experience with joy and positive energy. So, when our shoulders are rolled forward, when we're experiencing shoulder pain, it's also because some parts of our lives have become a burden, something heavy. The shoulder being such a complex part of the body and connected to so many different aspects, anatomically speaking, the pain could manifest itself in different places. Could be towards the upper chest, underneath the clavicle, in the heart of the joint, or right below the armpit, or in the middle of the armpit even, or literally on top of the shoulders, at the top of the scapular chain. So what does this look like? Raised shoulders, high breath, it might look like someone trying to stand tall, perhaps trying to fight the tension. And nowadays, obviously, shoulder pain comes up when we're also just sitting down so much and bent over our laptops. We're having the neck pulling forward, it's create, it has an impact on the rest of the chain. So overall, stress, ability to act, to carry and to carry on. We've got some positive and negative aspects here. Now the shoulders sit on top of the back. This fairly large part of your body is associated with the past, our past, what we may have turned our back on. Here, that's another idiom for you right there. But it's also what we're carrying. It's also the subconscious side of us in a way, because it's a body part you can't see unless you've got a mirror or you are an expert contortionist. And in that case, please come and teach me your skills and wisdom. But in general, we don't really have access to the back. We can't really see it. And it's also standing vertically, tall, like a tree. Or at least this is what we're told that it should look like. Straight, tall, pointing upwards. And this notion of verticality is present in many, many spiritual and philosophical representations. Because it's our life purpose to try and walk up, to reach for the stars, to lift ourselves onwards and upwards. We generally see this as a positive thing, to rise up rather than being dragged down. But there's also moments where that positive behaviour becomes a way of compensating for other things. And that's when the present and the future fight with the past and the back. And then what kind of tension does that create? So your back is divided into three. 
upper back, middle back, lower back. And interestingly enough, each are connected to different aspects, both on the postural and emotional side. Let's go through them. Upper back, first, with your lovely vertebras, is often associated with your communication skills, your ability to communicate, to express, and your own self-censorship with things, thoughts, events that you haven't been able to express out loud or that you've perhaps not digested. Middle back, think rhomboids, so between the shoulder blades and along the back of the ribcage. And well, without surprise, if you've listened to previous episodes, this region is connected to emotional overload and insecurity. I've mentioned in the past that in people who had received an emotional shock or trauma, you could notice a collapsing ribcage. It's more than just your shoulders rolling forward. Careful, like, it's not quite the same thing. It's your chest collapsing onto itself. But why is that happening? It's because the back muscles are not doing their part in the postural chain. They're not engaged. They're not fighting. They're not trying to do anything. It could be because they are weak or because they're stiff. They're tight, and a tight muscle is a useless muscle. But this is also something that a lot of us will experience more naturally because of our desk jobs and sedentary lives. And you know what, well, I'm just thinking about it now, but here's another idiom for you. Being stabbed in the back. If I tell you I'm being stabbed in the back, or, or he stabbed me in the back, she stabbed me in the back, the raccoon at the end of my street stabbed me in the back on my way home, where is the stab taking place? I'm willing to bet that 90% of you at least are visualizing a knife in between the shoulder blades. Julius Caesar style. Interesting, isn't it? Is that image strong enough for you? Then we've got our friend the lower back with your lumbars, your QL, your hip flexors going a little bit further down, just to name a few. Your lower back is the seat, the root of your spine. It carries your trunk, your middle and upper back, your neck, your head, it's spine support spot number one. And often it is associated with being stuck, with fearing loss, with fearing abandonment and absence of material support. And while we're in that lower region, let's go a tiny bit further down and talk about the biggest joint below the spine that connects your legs to your trunks. Our lovely hips, and they don't lie. They don't lie because they can't lie. They just can't. Your legs are attached to them. Your spine is attached to them. Your trunk rests on them. You've got some pretty key organs lying nearby as well as our little tail, our coccyx and sacrum. But organ-wise, you've got your kidneys lying around. They don't lie. Your hips are open and bendy and flexy when you're a child. I mean, have you seen a baby move about? You just look at that hip mobility and as a grown adult you get jealous. Because as you've grown up and spent more time sitting down or having to choose a direction in life and hesitated between left and right, between doing this and that, they grew stiff for a lot of us. So imagine someone who doesn't know where to go. It's like it's a little guy shuffling to the left, to the right, so starting emotion, stopping themselves, starting emotion, the other side stopping themselves, shuffling and not knowing what to do and therefore gluing themselves onto the ground because they can't go right, left or to the front or to the back. This 
mental and emotional indecision has an impact on the quality of the movement and the health of them hips. Someone who's stuck or feels stuck probably has a more rigid movement pattern in that area. Someone who's indecisive will experience something similar. And to throw a couple more holistic nuggets in there, your hips are associated with your ability to influence and family. I find that interesting, the family thing, because somehow in my head, it means that the hips could be the cradle of the spine, of our way to present ourselves and to carry that life in the same way that our family is the cradle of our life experience and the choices we've had to make to become who we are now. Now I've just bombarded you a little bit with a few things to explore. So for next week, you know, homework, why not ask your shoulders, your back and your hips what story they're carrying? Neutrally, guys, objectively, remember, we don't do judgment. That doesn't help us understand why things are the way they are. It just causes more frustration. So, if your shoulders are tense, ask them where the tension is coming from. Is it towards the chest? Is it towards the arm? Towards the neck? Is it literally on top of the shoulder blade? What's going on with your hips? Does it feel like you glide through your running, your walking motion? Or how much pain are you experiencing if you're doing, I don't know, yoga or hip mobility stretches? And where is the pain or the stiffness coming from? How does your back feel? Does it feel tighter in the middle back or in the lower back? Does it feel like you're being stabbed in between the shoulder blades? Go forth and explore. Ask your body how it's doing and it will point you in the right direction. Today we did a lot of posterior chain exploration, so a lot of back stuff. Shall we look at the front of the body and maybe some of the joints next week? I think we'll do just that. Have a lovely week and I'll speak to you soon.